Well, welcome back to our weekly devotional with Pastor Dave Rogers. Last week we talked about, uh, you, you, you dug deeper into uh, ways that God uses adversity to get our attention. And this week, um, you're going to unpack a little bit how adversity is our assurance that God actually loves us. So, well, welcome. Well, thank again. you. It, <laughs> welcome back for the week. <laughs> It's a joy to be with you. I, I've looked forward to this, and uh, I'm excited about what we can share this week. Fantastic. We have, uh, as we have looked back just a little bit, uh, we've talked about uh, adversity being God's way of getting our attention, and then the uh, that was last week's uh, presentation. And this week, uh, we're looking at the assurance of uh, God's love through adversity. And, and all of this, as, as Craig said, is in response to what is God's purpose in allowing adversity uh, in our life. Um, when we think of adversity being a revealer of God's love, uh, some people will just stop and scratch their head because that doesn't make any sense to them. Uh, but uh, we begin by looking at, at Hebrews chapter 12, and uh, we, we would look at verses 6 through 13. Now, I want to encourage you to uh, take the time to, to read that. Uh, my, I, I just want to share a little bit uh, from it, if I may. I'm, in fact, I'm going to pick up our reading with the latter part of verse 5 and then stop at verse 6. Uh, the writer of Hebrews said, "My son, do not take light or make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when He rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines those He loves, and He punishes everyone He accepts as a son." Now, as a parent, uh, I had opportunity over the years of. Uh, disciplining a couple of very spirited boys. Uh, they, uh, they had strong wills. Uh, they had um, minds of their own. Uh, and there were times that uh, uh, their desires uh, were contrary to uh, what the desires of uh, their mother or, or my desires were. Uh, we found ourselves uh, coming head to head, so to speak, and and uh, the test of the wills. And uh, more than once, uh, I had one of my sons say to me that if you really loved me, you wouldn't discipline me. Ooh, uh, <laughs> uh, because that's uh, interesting. He was he was taking a totally <laughs> different tr- tact. You know, maybe I can get out of this uncomfortable moment by shaming you and questioning <laughs> your love for me. Uh, but uh, again, I was well-versed in this particular verse of Scripture because my father, in those moments where he needed to uh, uh, give guidance to me. Encouragement. Encouragement, <laughs> yes, to nudge me in the proper direction or uh, to aim the arrow, so to speak, that had gotten a little off target. <laughs> Uh, had also reminded me that discipline was an expression of his love for me. Uh, you know, the word discipline 
and the word disciple are both derived from the same root word. A good disciple is one who is disciplined. When we think of those who followed Christ while he walked on the earth, uh, they were in the process of learning discipline. Uh, there were times when they wanted to do things that were undisciplined. I'm, I'm reminded of James and John when uh, they heard that there were people teaching and preaching in the name of Jesus uh, who weren't part of the inner circle, and, and uh, they just uh, wanted to uh, call down fire on them. Uh, or uh, when uh, they had not been received well in a Samaritan community, uh, they wanted to call down fire on them as well. And, and Jesus just said, guys, back it down a little bit, okay? <laughs> uh, you're overreacting here. And so uh, they were in the process of learning discipline day by day as they walked with the Lord. We as parents and those who are blessed to, to have children uh, feel that Love for a child uh, is expressed in discipline, but there are many people who feel that discipline and love are opposite ends of the spectrum, mm. and that if you truly loved your child enough, that discipline would not be necessary because love would win the day. Well, they see them as being mutually exclusive or even enemies. If, if you're having to discipline your children, it must be because your parenting skills are flawed. Ah. And if you were doing it right, your kids would be perfect. If you're doing it right, you could reason with them, mm -hmm. and, and they would respect your sage advice, and they would just do what you ask them to do with, with no issues at all. And, and I'm trying not to be sarcastic. I, I apologize if that came across as being uh, sarcastic. But uh, uh, if you really love your children enough, you, you wouldn't have to discipline them is, is uh, what some folks believe. Or that if you, uh, if you discipline your children, that they're going to have reason to question your love. Mm. You know, as I said, if you really loved me, you wouldn't discipline me. Well, that's just not true. I, I'm sorry. I've, I've read the, the books. Uh, I've, I've done the studies. Uh, I've also had the privilege of uh, raising, as I said, two boys to be uh, well-balanced uh, productive members of society uh, who are respectful, who love the Lord, and uh, who are, are living productive lives. The fact of the matter is this. The Bible teaches us that discipline and love go hand in hand. They are not mutually exclusive, but rather they are linked together. Now, Proverbs 13, 24 says, He who spares the rod hates his son, and he who loves him is careful to discipline him. I read earlier from Hebrews chapter 12, and one of the things that it, it says there that 
the one who withholds discipline from his son is actually treating him as an illegitimate child. He doesn't love him mm. enough to give him guidance or give her guidance and direction. And, and what a sad scenario that is. Now, I want to be perfectly clear about something here. When I'm talking about discipline or disciplining your child, I'm not talking about crushing their spirit. That would be cruel. That would be unbiblical. I'm not talking about uh, abusing them physically. Again, that is uncalled for. It's not biblical. It's cruel. It should never happen. I am, however, talking about curbing and shaping their self-assertive wills. Hmm. And every child is born with a self-assertive will. Uh, I'll never forget, as a parent, the first time my son looked at me and said, no. <laughs> what do you mean, no? You know, And uh, that word was learned just about the same time he learned uh, dada and mama. No. Uh, and that, that self-assertive will was manifesting itself there shortly after that first, uh, first year or so. I've heard it um, said recently that as parents, if, if we don't discipline our children, as they get older, someone else will, and they may not have proper motives. Excellent. Absolutely right. The discipline we as parents mm -hmm. exert on them is a loving discipline. Mm. Others' motives may be manipulative, mm -hmm. uh, totally selfish. Uh, I, I think that's a great perspective and that uh, we would do well uh, to keep that in mind as we are, yeah. are raising our children. When I talk about curbing their self-will, uh, versus crushing them, we understand that there is obviously a, a great difference there. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that we've all been around the spoiled brat who has been given no <laughs> discipline or direction at all. Um, I'll, I'll never forget uh, uh, Dana and I were uh, hosting uh a musician uh, at our church, uh, and uh, he spent a lot of time out on the road and uh, separated from his family. And uh, he was coming to visit us, and, and we were about 400, 450 miles from his home base. And so he decided that he would bring the family along uh, for his visit. And uh, so... They arrived at our house uh, the night before uh, his concert, and uh, they arrived uh, late in the evening. It was probably 9, 30, 10 o'clock when they, they came to town, and we had uh, reserved a hotel room for them and uh, what have you. But uh, he wanted just to stop in and give us uh, a, 
you know, a quick greeting and then kind of go over the expectations of the service the following day and, and what have you. And so they came in and he introduced his wife and his children to us. And his, his child was probably four, maybe five years of age. Uh, that child went running through our house, went back to the master bedroom and was bouncing on our bed you know, wow. and and he's standing there, and she is standing there saying, <laughs> uh, he doesn't get out very often, and uh, this is a new experience for him. And being uh, with people, apparently, <laughs> Clearly. apparently, wow. uh, the spoiled brat uh, had been unleashed, uh, and uh, he had no apology for uh, the fact that his. His child did not know how to behave in mm. someone else's house, uh, and uh, we cut short the visit and uh, <laughs> ushered them out to uh, the hotel room as quickly as possible, but certainly an unpleasant experience. It's not fun to be around that child uh, who is undisciplined, mm-hmm. but even worse, it's harder to be around an undisciplined adult uh, who right. has never had no Uh, Mm -hmm. said to them. Um, When we understand adversity, and adversity comes to us sometimes as the no from the Lord, Mm. uh, the discipline that comes into our life, uh, it's not pleasant at the moment. But again, if we can get the bigger picture, we see a a benefit to us. In my studies, I I came across a, a fascinating concept in Philippians chapter 1, verse 12, where the Apostle Paul is talking to the church at Philippi, and he is uh, addressing the fact that some of them may be embarrassed of him uh, because he's been arrested. He's in Mm -hmm. prison. And, uh, you know, do do we want to associate with this one who has is become somewhat of a problem to the church. Mm. Uh, I mean, look what's happening. Uh, everywhere he goes, he he <laughs> seems to stir up some opposition and adversity. And he, he went to Jerusalem, and as a result of his uh, uh, ministry in Jerusalem <laughs> and involvement or interaction in the temple, he ended up in prison. Uh, and finally appealed his case to Caesar and was shipped off to Rome. Mm. Uh, And so here we find him, uh, this is one of his prison epistles, uh, writing a a letter to the church at Philippi. And in chapter 1, verse 12, he says, Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. They were thinking that his circumstances had cut short mm-hmm. the advancement of the gospel, that uh, uh, certainly now because he's in prison, he couldn't be out in the marketplace evangelizing. He couldn't be traveling from city to city, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, planting more churches. But he says, I want you to know that this unfortunate circumstance that I'm in is really moving the gospel forward and other people are hearing it that might never have heard it before. 
in this verse of Scripture, the apostle, the apostle Paul says that the things that happened to him had come about in such a fashion as to advance hmm. the gospel and not to thwart the, the, the gospel. The word advance or advancement comes from the Greek word prokapa, which means to cut before. And the image that I found as I was researching that, that word, it, it, it simply is used of an army of pioneer woodcutters, which preceded the regular army, cutting a road through an impenetrable, impenetrable forest, making possible the advancement of the army into a region that was otherwise cut off or, mm. or secured. And Paul is saying, listen. Trailblazer. Yeah. They threw me wow. in prison, but do you realize that as a result of my imprisonment, the guard to whom I'm chained every day has heard <laughs> the gospel? Mm-hmm. His fellows... His fellow soldiers have heard the gospel. The palace has heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. I have reached out to another audience that I never would have had access to because of the mm. unfortunateness of right. my <laughs> circumstances or the adversity of my mm. circumstances. And so his assurance to the church at Philippi was simply this, that my circumstances have allowed the gospel to go forward, not hinder it. Mm. Now, I, I just think that is such a cool, yeah. cool verse of Scripture and, and one that we would pass over. But let's understand what his circumstances were. As I said, he was under arrest. He was chained to a Roman soldier night and day. It's, it's as though God had built a fence around him and had placed physic, er, had uh, placed uh, limitations on him. To some, it would appear that God had handicapped him. But Paul simply said that his circumstances, the limitations that others looked at and saw were actually God's woodcutters <laughs> making a room for yeah. the advancement of the gospel. And, and so it is in the life of the Christian. The things that, that hedge us in, things that handicap us, the test that we go through are the discipline of the Lord. It's working in us. It's working for us, just like the woodcutters making a way for the gospel to work more effectively in our life and through us in the world around. And Now, I understand that there are times that, that we don't see or we don't understand why the Lord is allowing something to happen to us. But the discipline of his love results in us reaching spiritual maturity. Mm. Uh, Craig, I... I know that you're good friends with my son, Jonathan. And uh, Jonathan went through uh, a season in his life as, as a, a high school senior where uh, 
he he had some unfortunate experiences. Uh, namely, uh, he blew out his knee playing football. In his junior year, Jonathan was being recruited by Division I schools. Uh, we lived in Ohio, pastored there, and and uh, he he had gotten recruitment calls and letters from a number of Division I schools uh, because of his his physical attributes and uh, his performance on the field. And uh, he was building his life around the idea that he was going to be a football player. <laughs> and uh, his mother and I kept saying, you know, you are more than a football player. And his question was, if, if God didn't want me to play football, <laughs> why would he give me these attributes? Mm-hmm. You know, why would he let me uh, play at the level that, that I play? And the very first contact drill, the very first practice where they had contact, he blew out his knee mm. and had to have uh, ACL uh, surgery, uh, tore the meniscus, tore the MCL, uh, had to have a, a rebuild on his knee. And that did it for for the football. And, you know, my my congregation... Loved that boy dearly, you know, and they meant well, and they would come to him, and they knew he was devastated, and they would say to him, you know, Jonathan, God loves you so much, you know, and and just to allow this to happen to you, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And sometimes that's a truth that we need to discover in the process of mm. life. We don't need to share it with people who are going through <laughs> right. a difficult time. Hey, suck it up, buddy. You're fine. <laughs> exactly. And uh, John came to me one day and he says, Dad, if one more of your parishioners <laughs> tell me that, I'm going to punch them right in the nose. <laughs> And uh, I said, please, son, don't, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. But... Out of that, he, he went through a season where he struggled with, you know, God, what are you doing mm-hmm. with my life? And, and as I look back over the course of the last 20-plus years for him now, I see how God used the circumstances to direct and shape and mold him mm-hmm. And to develop talents that he, at that point in time, couldn't even begin to imagine. Uh, I, I mean, he had not even begun. He'd never even picked up a guitar at that point in time. Uh, he that That's an interesting thought. <laughs> you know, just to see mm-hmm. how, how he was directed, his circumstances served mm-hmm. as an opportunity to advance... Mm-hmm. him and, and God's purposes and, and God's plan for his life. You know, again, when we go through stuff, which we will, we need to consider that adverse situation as an opportunity instead of a, a liability. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I, I would just encourage the listener today to think about uh, 
what impact their circumstances are having on their life. If you're in the middle of something right now, I I would just ask you to probe the depths of your spirit and and to ask yourself, uh, do you sense the love of the Lord even in the middle of what you're going through? Uh, Do you sense him guiding you, providing, opening a door to you? Uh, do you, if, if I can borrow from that metaphor that I used earlier, do you sense that the woodcutters are blazing a trail where mm. you didn't see one previously? Because I think that God is doing something really cool if we will just let him. And, and even as I look at our, our society or at the church today in the society, mm-hmm. I think this is a great opportunity for the church to move in ways that it has not moved before and in areas that it has not had any access. I, I would conclude by reminding the listeners that God loves you. He loved you when you were unlovable, when you were lost in sin. He loved you and received you with open arms when you came to him at the cross. He loves you as his, as, as his child, and his desire for you today is that you would know his very best in living. Mm. That's good. Real quick, what would you say, and maybe this isn't a real quick question, what would you say to the person who is struggling uh, to understand why God would allow something bad to happen? Uh, I had a conversation recently with a, a lady who, Uh, lost her husband. And I appreciated her honesty in saying, I struggle understanding why God. What do you say in that? I mean, there may not be anything to say, but what would your encouragement be to someone like her that she isn't, she doesn't understand why this could have happened? I think my response would be simply this. We believe, or let me just qualify that, I believe that prayer is conversation with God. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And I believe that it's, it's appropriate to have brutally honest conversation with God about the things we're going through. Uh, there are times when we simply don't understand. We, we can look at a situation and we can try to spiritualize it and we can try to put the, the best face possible on it, but it, it just stinks. Mm. Tragedy, you know, tears somebody from the fabric of the family and leaves a gaping hole there. Um, I would just encourage that individual to press into the Lord. The tendency is to do one of two things, to run from him or to press into him. And don't allow the circumstances to be the thing that push you away from him, but just draw closer to him, even with all of your hurt and and all of your pain. And to... He knows your heart, but it's okay to give voice to that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've had uh, folks who have suffered, you know, loss, 
tragic loss uh, in a similar way. And there is no easy answer to it. But God is faithful in the end. Uh, God will see us through. And, and when he says, you know, you're going to walk through the waters, you're going to walk through the fire, but I'm there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there with you. Um, even in the uh, shepherd's psalm, Psalm 23, he said, even when death throws its, its ugly shadow over the pathway, mm. and it's terrifying to us, he says, I'm with you, and I know the way through here. So uh, I would just say, hang on to the hope that you have. Hang on to the Lord. What you don't see now, I think, will become clear as you go down the pathway with him. Yeah. But... Uh, it's okay. That's a good word. Thank you. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode a little longer than the others, but a lot of good stuff there on how adversity is our assurance, uh, how God uses it as our assurance of his love. Um, come back next time. We're going to talk about adversity is God's calling for us to self-examine. Yes, and that's a tough one, but we'll excellent. We'll have fun with it. <laughs> All right, thank you so much for listening. Again, share this out to your friends. Get it out there, people around you, loved ones, uh, and maybe not so loved ones. Get it out to them, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening.